The Outside Looking In with your hosts Patrick Bannis and Andy Leoskos. Come on in. All right, everybody, welcome. Welcome back once again to From the Outside Looking In, the show where we take an in-depth look at Star Trek The Next Generation, and especially what was Jonathan Franks wearing per episode. And we guesstimate what Jonathan Franks is. Franks is? Is is that right? Franks. Franks, Jonathan Franks. I mean, if it's possessive, uh, you can add that extra S. Yeah, I guess. I guess, right? Well, we are going to talk about, uh, specifically in this episode, we're going to talk about what is the inseam of number one. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, I just talk, I just kidding, whatever. I mean, maybe we don't ever talk about Star Trek because we like Star Wars, but yeah, whatever. Welcome <laughs> to From the Outside Looking In, the show about everything, the show about nothing, the show about two guys sitting in different parts of PA uh, talking about comic books and movies. You know the deal. We talk about nerdy stuff from a non-nerdy perspective or non-nerdy things from a nerdy perspective. We like comic books. We like sports. We, I, I have a You Gotta Try This just letting you know, I don't know if you have one you on too? the docket. I got one. You oh boy, oh you gotta try this. I'm Love telling it. you this right Love now. It. Uh, but yeah, you know the deal. We talk about stuff. We laugh. Sometimes you laugh and sometimes you don't. But each time you enjoy yourself, I am Andy Liascos. With me as always, the Jonathan Franks to my Brett Spiner. That's no. AKA, that's data. I'm data for sure. If I was gonna right. be anybody, you think I'm gonna be Michael Dorf? I'm, I'm, no, wait, but if what? you're if you're Jonathan, if somebody's Jonathan Franks, then somebody else has to be uh, Patrick Stewart. Nobody's nobody's kept. Nobody's first of all, nobody's ever, nobody's ever Patrick. I love Stewart. it. All right, all right. Yeah, nobody's Much ever Patrick Stewart. Much respect. Much respect. But anyways, the the Jonathan Franks to my Brett Spiner. He, uh, yeah. Mr. Patrick, Mr. Baines. Patrick Baines. We'll get back to Brett Spiner in a second. And like how how crazy we've never talked about Star Trek: The Next Generation, but seriously, how crazy was it that Brett Spiner had a album? He released an album singing Frank Sinatra tunes as Commander Data. Uh, it's called Old Yellow Eyes. I'm not making this oh, up. That's fantastic. Yeah. And people uh, bought that. You know people bought that. Oh, for sure. I worked in a used record store. Got it in Phenomenal. all the time. Old Yellow it. Eyes. Jesus Christ. Fucking hats off to you, Star Trek The I Next Generation. Yeah. Well, anyways, Pat, sorry, I have derailed the show three minutes into it. You know what yeah, I mean? It's what I do. It's what I do. But anyways, how the hell are you doing, bud? What are you drinking over there? I am drinking uh, I am drinking this uh, 21st, uh, 21st Amendment Tasty Hazy IPA. <coughs> uh, is, it, is it both of those things? Uh, it is some of those things. Okay, fair, fair. Their own, like, it's it's not where I want it to be, but, like, their own, like, description of it is, is like, you know, something, something, stone fruit. And I was like, oh. Okay. Well, yeah, peaches. Stone yeah, peaches. fruit. I like peaches. Uh, some fruits. 
but particularly uh, stone fruit, uh, pininess and spiciness. And I'm like, eh, it's all right. I mean, I you know, I'm okay with all of those things yeah. in an IPA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I want it to be for a hazy. I want it to be like maybe a little bit, a little bit more citrus, a little bit less, a little bit less stone fruit. Okay. All right, you know? fair. But yeah. I did pick it up at uh, one of my favorite beer distributors. I think I might have paid six or seven dollars for a six pack. So it's like, hey, hey. it's a win. Ain't no what shame in, ain't no shame in that game. Ain't no shame in that game for sure. Speaking of ain't no shame in the game, mm-hmm. please. I'm going to give respect, but then we also have to uh, we also have to pour some out for our homie. Um, R.I.P.s to uh, Omar. Omar Walken, uh, Michael K. Williams uh, yeah. passed away like what yesterday? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, in his apartment in Brooklyn. No, we don't know what it is yet. Uh, but but Michael K. Williams, uh, fifty four years old, uh, fifty four years young, uh, was Omar in The Wire. Yep, uh, just a a seminal character in you know hood. Uh, portrayal um he was also in boardwalk empire 12 years a slave uh and then most recently like last year or so he was in lovecraft country um he's right i I, i'm gonna go with he's now my odds on favorite for a posthumous emmy because he's up for an emmy for his role in uh lovecraft country so he passed away so that's kind of sad yeah i know that's yeah that's unbelievable right it's real bad. I saw it yesterday. I was like, no, not Omar. So um, I'm still like, I'm still one of those people who hasn't gotten all the way up into the wire. I may be like, maybe. F- I know. like, And I know it's so good, right? Yeah. Like everybody loves it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I I, I, I want to get into it. I just haven't, you know? Yeah. And I, I, um, I, I watched like four or five episodes and I'm in, like, I like it. Like, I like the show. He's not the only, like, excellent actor in the show. I mean, Idris Elba's in it. Um, right. So there's, like, a bunch of talent in that sh- in that show. It's just that I just haven't found the time to, like, really just cramp through, you know, all of those episodes. But but Omar is, like, um, I mean, honestly, is a, a pretty amazing character, you know, when you think about it, right? Like, um, Omar, Omar Little... He was like a he was like a criminal, but he uh, he kind of fronted like he wasn't as like brutal of a uh, a criminal as people like made him out to be. He was also like an openly gay drug you know like drug dealing hoodlum. You know what I mean? Right, Which is right. like a very uh, unique. Uh, it's a, it's an intriguing character. Incredibly you know I mean? intriguing. So yes. yeah, yeah. Um, just just you know. Pretty tough. So, you know, pour some out. Yeah. Um, you know, rest in power. Michael K. Williams. Drinking. You can't see Pat because you're not on FaceTime with us. But he just drank that beer. Then he grabbed another one. And then he opened it. Yeah. yeah. I, on the other hand, have forgotten my glass of Diet Dr. Pepper in the other room. So I'm fucked for the next hour. No! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a very raspy show for me. It's uh, tough. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a rough one. It's a rough one, but we're all right. We're gonna make it. We're gonna uh, make it. 
We're gonna make it get to let's just keep rolling. Let's just keep the hits rolling. What are you tapping on your computer there, bud? Just, it's an uh, interesting angle of the FaceTime, so I could see like oh, what yeah. you're doing. You know what I mean? I did. I didn't realize that that you were like directly in line with my yeah. keyboard. Right, I am right. just kind of scrolling through the production schedule. You know, just okay. Yeah, on yeah. to the next. I'm keeping it on track. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. Keep this train on the line, bud. You try to drag the train off the tracks, and I try to pick, what it I up, do. pick it up, pick it up. It is what I do. If there is one thing I do on this show. It is fucking <laughs> derail us from fucking getting anything done. That's what I do. Uh, uh, no, I don't want to do these updates, Mac. Like, you know, like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Just leave me alone. I'm doing my own thing right now. Yeah, we got something going on right now. I got, yeah, I'm doing a show here, bud. Come on, Apple. Get it together, yeah. bud. If this program's up and running, Apple, you should just be like, you know what? I'm not going to bother him right I'm now. I'll get I you later. He- I know he's doing something. I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even going to ask. Yeah. I wish it was intuitive. Now, that's intuitiveness. Right. I'm going to circle back. I'm going to circle back on this. Yeah. I'm going to wait <laughs> until his browser is open and not in private mode. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. It's very appropriate. Yeah. If he has an app open, I'm not going to bother him. Uh, so, Pat, uh, what's going on in the world today, bud, other than... Uh, <sighs> Our, our oh. in memoriam section. So, the most important thing that's going on in the world today, right? I was gonna go. I was gonna go in one direction, and I was gonna. I decided I was gonna go in the other direction first. Um. So it was just a Labor Day weekend, and um, it much, was much love Happy. to much love to the labor movement. Happy Workers' Revolution Day, which was a text right. I sent to my boss. I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but, you know, either way, actually, it's no, cool. It wasn't you a were deal. allowed to come into work on Tuesday, then it's okay. But, yep. uh, you know, a lot of people don't respect, like, we often like to treat these weekends like they're just kind of like a fun-free weekend. But um, Labor Day weekend, it's, in particular, is like one of the most important ones because of the, you know, the struggle of labor and yes. what the working classes had to do to have just a four day week, like a, just to have just to have Saturday and Sunday off. Yeah. And right, to have right. like a 40 day work week. Yes. Um, but anyway, 40 hour work week, a 40 over, day work week would fucking kill us. Yeah. If uh, over the Labor Day weekend, um, Marvel put out Shang-Chi, the uh, was it the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, was released direct to theaters. And oh yeah, I know. No, no Disney on that. No yet. Disney, and uh, it looks like ScarJo is going to have a case after all because uh, Shang Chi, or should we say Shang Chi Ching, set a new Labor Day record, a new Labor Day weekend record of uh, ninety-four million American dollars. Jesus over the, Christ! Over the four-day holiday weekend, um, it also did about fifty mil. In select European markets, France, China, etc., so it totaled out for the Labor Day weekend at 146 million worldwide, which is spectacular. Just spectacular. For, that's that's insane. I mean, that is that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So for a movie those that are, is those like are big numbers, those yeah. are real big numbers. These are big big numbers. So uh, just to put it in perspective. The the ninety four million that they made over Labor Day weekend is not one, not two, but three times more than the prior record for a Labor Day weekend release, uh, which was two thousand and seven's remake of Halloween, which did about a little over thirty million. So 
That's the 2007 Halloween. Which one was that? Well, that, uh, that? That wasn't the Rob Zombie. No, that was Halloween H2O. That was fucking shite. Yeah. So you know it, I mean? they're all shite. So it, it, it wouldn't have you know. The first Halloween movie is fucking rad. The, you know what, wait, I mean? what, what do you mean the first one? You mean the one in like the 80s? Is the seventies? Seventies was the seventies. Yeah, 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 for sure. Halloween. Right. Yeah, the first Halloween. Michael Myers, right. fucking classic movie monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, that one. But I'm talking yeah. about like even the... Halloween two was pretty good with fucking creepy clown in it. And I'm, shit. I'm fine with those. I'm just saying, like, when you try to re- when 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 Hollywood has tried to reboot these, they're mm-hmm. trash. Take this button down. Nice. I, I appreciate that they. <laughs> I appreciate the chest hair. I mean, I appreciate that they brought Jamie Lee Curtis back for for you know for the 2007 movie, but still trash. So, yeah. no, uh, for sure, no, absolute trash. And for those of you that can't see this because we don't have video, <laughs> I'm wearing a polo and then I unbuttoned a button, which obviously distracted Patrick. He was just like, I mean, tits all over. I mean, it's yeah. all over. Yeah. It I signifies the business casual. Friends. Yeah, the business casual of this program. I've got, I've got like my oversized shorts on because ninety eight percent of my clothes are oversized now. Um, yeah, well, right. Yeah, you're like, woof. I think that the last time I did a check in on the show, it was like two hundred thirty something pounds, right? Like, oh yeah, you're under that by now, right? What are you under oh, yeah, like two hundred? Um, yeah, this is like one ninety seven. What are you wearing? Thirty six, thirty six size pants. 34s, buddy. 34s, son. Oh! 34s, what's up? I barely Let's wear 34s go. anymore. I'm Let's 35. Go. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, you know what? Be that 34 guy, all right? Because 35, whoo. Yeah. 35 is that tweener size that's hard to fit, man. 30... I got a. I got a pair of 33s, right? Like, my wife got them for me because they were cool pants, and they were on sale at Old Navy. But, man, and them 33s tight. Nah, nah, nah. That inch is I remember uh, that time. I remember yeah. that. I remember that time in my life where I thought I was like, I'm going to do this 33. No, yeah. that's a terrible idea. Now it's like yeah. I got my 34s are a little snug if I have a little too much to eat. And my 36s need like, uh, you know, a nice little snug belt. And uh, my 35s are like almost where they need to be. It's a terrible place to be. Yeah. I no, like it, sure. but it's a terrible place to be. So. I'm just I'm just gonna keep trucking the, you know riding this rail until it fucking gets to wherever. But you know what I mean. It is do it, it is. man. Do it. Yeah. Hey, yes. Remember, do you remember the Darnofsky Batman Year One movie? Average farmer. Average farms remembers. <laughs> you knew where I was going the with North this. North remembers. As per my recent uh, streak. Uh, I have been all over the Super Void Cinema bringing you um, unnecessary updates on movies that were never made. And since yes, we're getting... Yes, this, this is your thing, for we're, sure. We're inching ever closer to um, the, um, this, the the Robert section, Pattinson one. Yeah, this, this section is almost exclusively for Sweet Lou. Yeah. Yeah, get at this. Ray McNally, get at this and tell me where I'm at. You know what I mean? Um, So this was a thing. This dated back to like the year 2000. The year 2000. Uh, After the terrible Batman and Robin film with the nipple suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was going to be like Darren Aronofsky's take was going to be this like '70s style noir um, nipple suits and like defined butt cheeks. Like people go for the they always bring up the nipple aspect because of the it. nipples, dude, they're so unnecessary. Yeah, but the fucking they fucking zoomed in 
on the butt. On oh, the dude. butt, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what is going what are you on? Do? Here? Shoot somebody's gonna shoot at your butt and it's gonna bounce off him like that. I was eh. like, when did this become a porn? And yeah. it's like it's not even a good porn. No, no, so bad. So bad. Yeah. Um, but like this Aronofsky style, uh 70s style noir, um, Based on Frank Miller's year one, which is like yeah, yeah, a young great. Bruce Wayne learning yeah. how to be a crime fighter, not yeah. even really having like all the high tech gadgets and stuff, just kind of mm-hmm. having like, you know, not even really having like a full suit. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, Still figuring it out, figuring out what Batman is, which I, I, I really like the year one story. It's yeah. great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like just to see. And it's Frank Miller, which is fucking fantastic. Yeah. So like that that seventy style would have just been so clutch for this movie. Um, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers thought it was a little too dark and a little too gritty, especially coming off of some of these more campy. I mean, if you thought like I put you on ice, right? Like if you thought that like Adam West's version was campy. This whole like George Clooney camp with the nipple suits and the things. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. Just yeah. It just got out of control. I mean, I think there was an element of camp to Tim Burton's films, um, but it, they were still fantastic. Yeah, you know I mean? the vision was there though. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I think they they were still great because there is an element of campiness to Batman. I mean, and to a certain extent to all comic books. You well, know I mean? especially it, a hero a, who dresses up like an oversized bat. Like, yes. yeah. Yeah, I was a boy. <laughs> now I'm a bad. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was. And I it don't was care just... what I don't care what anybody says. Fucking Batman Forever, the Val Kilmer one. I'm in on it. It's good. It's good. I'm gonna think about this a minute. It's good. It's good. It's Val Kilmer, so I'm gonna allow it. Yeah. I'm, I'm he, a... he, he had uh, Jim Carrey as the Riddler, which wasn't horrible. Right. And Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Val Kilmer from like way back. So, since the Saint. Oh no 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 no! Since um, uh, real, real genius. genius. Since oh, real yeah, genius, a hundred percent. Can you find a nine inch spike into a railroad track with your penis? Not not now. <laughs> <laughs> so good, ah, uh, but uh, and he's fucking Doc Holiday. Yeah, that oh, dude, that is so good. Oh man, that Doc Holliday. We, we should do an entire uh, Western episode at one point. I'd be in for we, that. I'd be in for that. I, would I be in love for that. Western movies. We never talk about it. Spaghetti westerns. Spaghetti westerns oh, are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the fucking Western revival stuff that happened. Like from from Tombstone yep. to the Unforgiven yep. to even fucking True Grit, Three Ten to Yuma. True, I haven't seen Three Ten to Yuma, but True Grit was great. Is, True Grit was fan fucking test. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Even so. Quentin Tarantino got in on it. Yep. And that was good. That was good yeah, stuff. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, it was a '70s style noir film was too dark and gritty for 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 Warner Brothers, so it just died in development hell. But like after um, after the Joker, the yes. Joaquin Phoenix Joker, yes, yes. Um, Aronofsky was quoted lamenting that they were like that he was kind of like twenty years ahead of his time in that kind of seventy style noir. Like you know, you that's basically what the Joker is. Yeah, it's for this seventy sure. style noir type of film, 
And so he thought that that was, you know, that was where, you know, he was in 2000. Quick question on that, though. How do you know? How do I know what? What what the Joker is? Because you didn't oh. fucking see it, but yeah! you fucking you're, you're, you're in on fucking YouTube rabbit holes about comparing a movie that was never made to the Joker. <laughs> see, this is like my I this is like my shtick, man. I haven't this is so here's my shtick. I I haven't seen the Joker, and I've it's watched seriously like one of the best movies ever. It's I've so watched fucking good all of. Um, I'm totally caught up on what we do in the shadows, but I've never oh, seen the movie. Okay. Oh, oh! The movie's great. The show I, is fan fucking fantastic. The show's fantastic. Did you watch the two new episodes they dropped? Not yet, bro. Oh, patience. Fire. Patience. You gotta remember, so, I'm I'm going on vacation in like a day to a beach I house did. that has a movie theater in it. Yeah, they're gonna have three episodes for you, bud. Yeah, we're gonna three be all episodes. up in it. So. Yeah, maybe I'll get to the Joker this year. It depends on how the weather is. Maybe I'll get to the Joker this week Watch in a movie the Joker. theater. Jeez, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, I'm going to have a, I'm gonna have a personal like movie the, theater. It, it's one of the last movies I actually went to the theater to see. Right, right. I mean, that's how much a I like the Joker, and b how much how good this movie was. Yeah, that's fair. I just like I can t- I, so I know that it's a '70s style film because I I watched all the commercials and stuff. Yeah, like you I saw watched all the new Suicide Suicide Squad in the theater. No, I didn't see it in the theater. All right, all right. I didn't see it in the theater. It was we were trying to figure. You dragged your fucking ass out. No, no, no. We were actually I drugged myself downtown, and we were dog sitting at a friend's house and we were trying to figure out something to watch while we were hanging out and we went to HBO Max and we were looking at Suicide Squad and it said like on the thing yeah it's uh, it's always until X amount of time right X day and, then, and we were like yeah. whoa that's like tomorrow then they bring it back they bring it back they you know will I mean? but it was just like you know we, we I, haven't, I haven't watched it yet and part of me wants to watch it even though I despise the first movie Right, like I, I do. It's terrible. It's so, fucking. Will Will Smith isn't horrible. Margot Robbie isn't horrible, but she's not good. Here's the you thing. I mean, here's the thing. Once you, and we'll 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 circle back on this in a future episode. But once you like, once you accept the, the concept and style of movie for what it is, right? Like remember, like we all have we have high hopes, and then we're like, you know, we think it's going to be this and that. Accept it for what it is, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's good enough. I think there's definitely an element to that, right? Like, But sometimes there's also an element of, like, be good at your craft, right? Yeah. And if your craft is acting and storytelling, be good at that. Right, well, you so, I mean? so this, so <clears throat> Suicide Squad 2 was directed by James Gunn of, like, uh, what, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy fame? Okay. So, like, you know, it's a big difference. So, I I think that there will be some difference there, but there will also be some similarity. Um, But, but anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to. And I like John Cena, so you know, I don't care. Anytime a fucking pro wrestler becomes an actor, I'm kind of in on that. I don't care. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. I think. I think. Well, let me. I don't want to. I don't want to say like you're gonna love it. But like once you once you like set your once you lower you, your expectations, you are, mm, I don't do that. I don't. <laughs> I'm not a lower your so, expectations. So the worst thing guy. was is that like, what was it? Oh, a shit. couple. Was it a week or a couple of days? It might have. It was like a week prior. So like a week prior, I was at a. We were at a wedding reception, and um, I was sitting at a table with some people, and they were like, 
Yeah, what are you guys been watching? Oh, I just watched Suicide Squad. It was like the it was better than Marvel movies. Think about that. I mean, I guess it depends on what Marvel movie. You know, no, no, I mean? there was like, no. See, yeah, we didn't specify. Nobody specified. But like, just think about that statement. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna go dance on the dance floor now. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna watch this movie, but I'm gonna ignore everything you just said. Right. Because like I maybe can't take that seriously. Maybe it's better than Blade Trinity. Probably not the first Blade movie. Probably not the second Blade movie. Maybe better Blade than Daredevil. Trinity. It's better than Daredevil. Blade Trinity had um, another movie I haven't seen. Uh, who's um, 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 Ryan Reynolds? No, Ryan Reynolds in Ryan it. Reynolds. And Triple H. And Triple H. You know what? Scratch that. Blade Trinity fire. <laughs> <laughs> But Daredevil had, still trash. It had, had the uh, vampires in their mouths open like this, like, like and they're like vampires <laughs> on crack. I think that was Blade Trinity, vampires on crack. I, I believe that was the one, and yeah, that yeah. was that was decent. All right, yeah. so, all right, Daredevil, agreed, agreed. <laughs> Colin Farrell as Bullseye was not a hit for me. No, you know what? Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, what do I know? I I wouldn't watch a love Colin Farrell. In Bruges, one of my favorite movies, for sure. All right. I like Colin Farrell in basically, like, British-directed movies. Like, well, all right, where he can, the, yeah. In Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, it's fire. What about Miami Vice? I didn't see that piece of shit. Exactly, neither did yeah. I. Yeah, nobody's going to go see that piece so, of shit. So, there's that. I mean, I'm sure a ton of people did, but what? Yes, you know, of course. I, I I have really, really thrown this train off the tracks. You want to get back on there? Where were we? What were we talking about? Um, uh, just go check out the Super Void Cinema. Oh, Super um, Void Cinema. Yeah, Batman Year One. It never got made. Yeah. It was going to be a gritty thing. Warner Brothers was like, Nah, we need more rubber nipples. Yeah, we need more rubber nipples and butt cheeks. I mean, it's it's important now because like. We're really we're really getting close to seeing that Robert Pattinson one, which is kind of a year one project. It kind of look, yeah, looks cool too. Right? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you know yeah so that's I mean? what I'm saying. Like it's it's timely. So like yeah. you know you can see where Aronofsky's vision was, and sure. then you can see where this Robert Pattinson version lands, and then mm-hmm. you can kind of you know compare and contrast as necessary. But um, right. you know we'll or, see. Or you could watch you know a cinematic masterpiece like The Joker. You could. Yeah. These are things that you could do. You could do that. Two, hour, two hours of your time. That's a thing. You could do that if you had. To. Is it two hours? Is it not okay? Oh, it's probably like two and a half to be honest. Oh, now it's two and a half. Yeah. Oh my oh. goodness. Oh my god. You'll be enthralled. It's great. Uh, I'm gonna throw out a. You got to try this. Oh yeah, do this, bud. So I'm gonna tell you. I was. Uh, this was just the other day, and I've had a couple of people at work try this. Right. Uh, and you go to a mirror and you say Candyman. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain what Candyman was the other day. I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, God, I fucking hate doing shit like that. Like, you really feel old, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's funny. So, so we have an up, uh, 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 just a quick off the off the rails for one second. We have okay. a show coming. We have a show coming up next week at a place called Pharmacy, which is like a coffee house, gallery, and music venue, right? Out of Philly. Yeah, down in Philly, down in Philly. Come out if you can. It's Friday, September 17th. It'll be a good time. We are not the headliners. It's uh, one of our first time opening, uh, so it is kind of cool. 
Uh, but it's also like I, I feel like it's going to be a young crowd because like the the girl that's opening, uh, I, I think her name is. I don't know what her name is, but the name of her act is Vassal. She's like, uh, oh yeah, I saw that. I was like, is this Vaz? Is this what we're calling Vaz nowadays? Yeah, no, no, it's Vassal, right? Like, you know, but but I was like looking at her website, and they're like, eighteen year old songwriter, and I was like, whoa, what? I was just like, I got gray in my beard and shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna be showing up like. How do you do there, fellow kids? You yeah, know right? I mean? <laughs> Hello, fellow teenagers. Yeah. That's like, all right, this is fucking interesting. But all right, you got to try this. I'm uh, you know, looking for something to watch the other day. I'm in between uh, the shows that I watch coming out, right? Because right now, like, you know, I'm waiting for, like, new episodes of Archer to come out, new episodes of What We Do in the Shadows to come out, uh, new episodes of What If to come out. I'm pretty much caught up on everything else. So, um, computer, why did you do this? Hold on one second. Let's make sure you're still recording. It is weird that you would take me to this screen. And apparently you were still recording. So don't know why. Oh, I do know why. My bad. Enable for eternity. Don't go to sleep next time, computer. My bad. That was my bad, everybody. But it kept recording, so we're all good. Um, So I'm surfing through Netflix, right, uh, to see what I uh, find something to watch, right? Uh, And there is a documentary series, like a sports geared documentary series that I've watched a couple of times called Untold, right? I watched one on uh, like the first famous uh, female boxer. I I forget what her name was, but it was really good, right? So I I see this. uh, It's called Untold Crimes and Punishment, and it's got a picture of a hockey fight going on. I'm like, you know what? I'm in. Dear God, I did not know what I was in for, how much I was in for it, and how amazing it was. But all right, so let me just start. I'm just going to give a quick synopsis. Yeah, where is this going? Holy jeez! So let's say you are in Connecticut. I never want to say that, but okay. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, being from the Midwest, let me tell you, like I thought Connecticut was a totally different thing. You know what I mean? Like, I thought, like, Connecticut was, like, tennis courts and golf courses and stuff like that. And, it's, like, nah, bro. It's mostly, it's mostly like, what you picture New Jersey to be like is mostly, like, what Connecticut's like. Well, so, right? like, let me, let me rephrase that. I would want to be in Connecticut if I was in New Hartford, Connecticut. Or New Haven. New Haven's And if good. I was in New Hartford, I would then go to Brewery Legitimus, which is... Uh, a good friend of mine, um, Chris Sayers Brewery, that oh, he okay. runs with nice. his wife. Nice. Um, nice. So yeah, so I I would go to Connecticut, and I'd like to go to Connecticut soon. There you go. There you go. I also want to go to New Haven, Connecticut, and go to Louis Lunchbox to get the first uh, restaurant that ever made cheeseburgers and hamburgers in the U.S. That's kind of dope to me. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and also they have their own style of pizza, which is kind of cool. Anyways, I digress. So there's a town called Danbury, Connecticut, right? There's a guy in there. He runs basically this super large garbage company, Trash Removal. Okay. Right? So Trash Removal owns a company, 400-plus employees, 50-plus trucks, does a lot of trash removal in the not only in Connecticut, but mainly in the city of New York in the 70s, in the 80s. Right? How many dead bodies are they going to have? A bunch. Just a bunch, right? So, like, legit, like, associated to the Genovese, Genovese crime family, right? 
Like, so 100%. So basically, not only is this guy in the uh, trash waste management. Uh, waste management, baby. Yes, business, right? He is legitimately the guy, or at least one of the guys, that they base the character of Tony Soprano on. His yeah. son, AJ, also Tony Soprano's son, AJ Galante, right? He, um, he, he, you know, he's talking about when he's grown up and how he was into wrestling and stuff like that. And then he saw the movie The Mighty Ducks and he got really, really into hockey, right? So he starts playing hockey in, in, uh, at a very young age. And I guess he's pretty decent or whatever. But in high school, uh, so as he's going from eighth grade to high school, his old man has, you know, the choice of taking uh, a charge from the FBI to court and maybe facing seven to eight years or making a plea deal and going to prison for one year. So he goes to prison for one year. It's uh, this kid's first year in high school. He comes back. He's really into hockey, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the game. And, like, the kid gets in a fight on the ice, and, you know, obviously Jimmy the dad's really into it, right? Anyways, I'm going to try to, you know, keep this as short as humanly possible. Good luck. Yeah. So uh, the kid breaks his leg, can't play hockey anymore. Very, very sad. Jimmy's been looking at possible business ventures with, like, the New Haven Knights and things like that. So when when one day at uh, – at this kid's senior year towards the end of the year, like he comes in and his teacher's like, yo, AJ, congrats, man. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know. And he's like, he's like, what you, what do you mean? You don't know. And he hands him the article, right? The Dan Barry article, right? Where local businessman, Jimmy Galante buys UHL expansion team, right? And names his 17 year old son, AJ Galante president and GM. So this guy bought his kid a hockey team. Because he couldn't play hockey no more. Yeah, right. A UHL hockey team, which is like a minor league hockey team. So this 17-year-old kid is running a hockey team. This 17-year-old kid, son of like mobbed up waste management disposal guy, is running a hockey team. All right. And he is also super into like WWE and stuff like that. Like he he had at his birthday party. They had, like, video footage of his birthday party when he was young. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, China, The Rock, all of these people were at his birthday party. What do you think they got for that? Like, what do you What do you think they got each? Oh, they that? had to get, a, yeah, a lot of money for Five sure. Five figures? Absolutely. A piece? Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, probably. Probably 10 grand each, right? So. Maybe not China, but she got eight. Yeah. So they start uh they start a, a hockey team and it is called the Danbury Trashers. Okay. The lo- logo is fucking sick and it is just basically a fucking team of goons. They have the first press contact uh, conference they announce their first player and it's Brett Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky's younger brother, right, who was never a very good player, right? Yeah, I don't even know if he ever played, but they pick up, like, Rube. They pick up, like, the the Nigerian Nightmare, a couple of, like, former NHL players. Well, when you um, say the Nigerian Nightmare, I'm thinking, like, they picked up Christian Okoye. What, 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 what? what? What was his name? He was on the Atlanta Thrashers. I forget what his name was. Uh, any, anyways, Ilya they pick Kovlechuk? up. 
No, 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 no. He was from Nigeria. He's one of the only okay. uh, NHL players from Nigeria. No, I'm not wrong um, when I say, like, when you say the Nigerian nightmare, I'm like, uh, Christian Okoye? I mean, it sounds like a wrestling name for sure, right? But that it's too. not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's not a wrestling name. It sounds like one, but it's not. Okay. Um. Yeah. It, 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 so, anyways, <laughs> dude, it's, it is insane. So, it's basically like, what if Tony Soprano bought AJ a hockey team, and then they fucking, they go insane, right? They're nothing but goons. Like, they're like, first game, like, this one guy's like, yeah, he's like, I'm getting ready to get on the ice for the first, uh, you know, puck drop. And the coach is like, hey, you got a call. He's like, got a cell phone. He's like, it's Jimmy up in the box. And he's like, so I grab the phone. I look up, and Jimmy's got the phone, like, waving it. Like, you know, hey, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone, right? And he's like, yo, first, as soon as puck drops, drop him. And like, and that's what happens because it's it's on film too, right? So the puck drops, right? And these he just drops his gloves and he starts going at it. And these dudes are just—it's a team of goons, just the gooniest goons in fucking that goon ever town. Yeah, that ever goon. <laughs> the, the fucking the guys that yeah, the kids like you know when I was thinking about what am I going to do this team? You know, one kid, you know, one guy came to mind, and that was my middle school hockey coach, right? And then they go to this the picture of this this dude, this fucking hockey coach this grown-ass man just fucking boarding boarding like eight-year-old kids just like fucking just putting them into the boards it's i'm just fucking dying and then this dude is he's bald he's smoking cigars he's the fucking equipment manager the only time i think in any form of professional hockey where an equipment manager got suspended from X amount of games because he would constantly fuck with the other teams. He would turn off the hot water. He would lay out <laughs> instead of like laying out towels for visiting teams, he would put like stacks of paper towels. Oh, 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 so good. Yeah. So anyways, one of their enforcers <laughs> one of their enforcers winds up getting like this horrible leg break. He gets fucking cheap shotted right like this one guy grabs the back of his sweater and kicks out his 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 skates right his legs while pulling him down real hard so that fucking snaps his leg right and like you know should be like career ending or whatever but he's a goon and he's fucking roided up right and so like so then jimmy he comes in the hospital like hey big guy you know he's like you know sorry you know he's like coach i'm like you know you know jimmy i'm gonna be back he's not the coach right but he's like you know i'm gonna be back you know like whatever blah 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 and it's funny because all the guys on the team they're like whenever jimmy came into the room right like you your your butthole puckered that's how scared you were and this is a team full of hockey goons that would fucking fight anybody anybody yeah, in yeah. instant but they're just like we didn't even look them in the eye and so anyways, you know, he's like, yeah, no, he's like, hey, uh, whatever the guy's name was, he's like, yeah, uh, we got this piece of shit's address, you tell me how you want to handle this, right, and like, <laughs> and then like, they go to the equipment manager, and he's like, he's such a sweet kid, he probably thought we were joking, da <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? and then like, we broke that so, kid's leg good, yeah, no, then, then, yeah, he doesn't do anything. He's like, but I want you to know, you rat bastard. I could have, you know what I mean? Like at that moment, right? But then the, wow. he winds up coming back. And in the final, like in the championship final, the team, the fucking trashers make it all the way to the final, right? And, um, uh, um, this guy, they're playing the team that the other guy that broke his leg played on. I, there's a fucking. The fu- it's not a fight. It is an assault. A pier six. 
beats the fuck out of this guy. It wasn't on TV. It was on the camcorder. Like that had. It's it's the most amazing fucking documentary. There is a section of fans called Section One Hundred Two. They have a reunion. It is unbelievable. Wow. It is fucking enthralling. It's literally what happens when a mob boss fucking buys a hockey team, all right, all right. and it lasts for one year. So, so what is this? Uh, what is this called again? It's called Untold. Is the name of the documentary series, on, and this particular episode, yeah, and it's called Crimes and Penalties. Okay, and all it's right. fucking great. All right, see what I can do about you know put I put it on the list for this week. Yeah, and then the FBI gets involved again, right? <laughs> Because you you don't own a business like a hockey team without, you know, like, you know, laundering some stuff through there. Yeah. Yeah. Get paying guys on the fucking team with, like, no show construction jobs. He was like, we'd get, like, you know, like, eight checks a week from different companies and stuff like that. Oh, man. That is. Unbelievable. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. The story is unbelievable. Oh, my God. Long story short, I'm buying Danbury Trasher's fucking merchandise. It's if that available. even exists. No, it is. It, oh. it does. It's available. It's online. Yeah, so, like, and they also had, like, other things, like, you know, because he was so into WWE, they were the bad boys of hockey. They were the evil empire. Right? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, yes, let's go. I actually have to look this up. This is insane. Oh, it's the craziest fucking thing. There it is. The yeah. trash guy, the fucking garbage can. Oh, the logo garbage guy. can with a hockey stick. Yeah, unbelievable. Danbury Trashers original worn event staff shirt. Let's oh, fucking yeah. go. This Let's is go. <laughs> Rumen, what is this? Oh, that's Norfolk. All right. I don't know. All right. Anyway, that is just ridiculous. AJ Galante, Danbury Thrashers, hockey, Netflix, custom-made retro-style art card. Oh, that was unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's going to buy that. No. And if you could look what this kid looks like with the tight fade, and I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. A Danbury Thrashers signed jersey. Somebody wants it for two. Somebody wants two grand for it. Uh, get the fuck out of here. You can buy the t-shirt for like 20 bucks. Anyways. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Should we do some mixed media? You want to maybe talk a little bit about like movies, books, and T-shirts. Eight-track records. Eight-track records. I don't know if that's the thing. Eight-track tape or records. Yeah. That's from the trunk of my car. Ooh, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, jeez. bud. Let's talk let's do a little mixed media. Jeez. That was a struggle jeez. there. Oh jeez. I doubled up. Oh, oh jeez. Oh jeez. I'm oh, geez. also fully caught up on Rick and Morty as well, but go on. Oh man, I really got it. I got so much to get caught up on. I'm so behind. Oh jeez. Um, let's uh let's talk some Jupiter's legacy. Jupiter's legacy. Let's Shall go. We? Yeah, speaking of Netflix. Shall we? Let's stay on the Netflix tip. Yeah. So, uh, what do we say? Uh, Jupiter's Legacy. It's on Netflix. It is yeah. based on Image Comics. Mark Millar. Um, mm-hmm. Jupiter's Legacy comic. And I don't know how many. I, I don't. I gotta look at this. How long? Um, how long that comic series went for? Yeah, I'm not sure. I I I, I 
did do some research. I didn't find a lot on it, which was weird. No. I don't think I don't think it was a very successful book. Well, so there's um, so the suggestion is that it was published as a series of limited series. So there was a yeah. bunch of like short runs yeah. um, and some prequels, but um, it's the longest it's the longest production run that Mark Millar has ever done of anything like specific to Mark Millar's universe. We'll you know call sure, it the sure. Millar verse. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't know what else. I mean. He's done some other stuff. Um, what's his name? Frank Quietly. I don't know who Frank Quietly is, but apparently he probably did some of the art. He did the artwork. Okay. Yeah. Um, influenced by Star Wars, King Kong, Roman mythology, blah, 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 blah. It's really about the connection of heroes to the American ideal. Yes, for sure. Right. So yeah. this is like, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, and and just to the American ideal, and maybe to the to the world in general, right? I because there there are aspects, of it, and there are definitely some similarities, I think, between Jupiter's Legacy and say like Invincible, which is a show that came out around the same time. Yeah, um, there are probably parallels, but there are probably big deviations. Oh yeah, for you sure. Know what I mean? For sure, they, they are not. They are not the same show. Yeah. Um, the saddest part of the series is that, though it ended on a great cliffhanger, uh, in June they canceled it. Yeah, which really sucks because I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I liked the story and the way that it discussed you know, the advent of, of the superhero in the 1930s. Yes. When America was dragging itself out of the rubble of the great depression, here are these heroes like a, a, a beacon, right? A shining light to, um, you know, to guide us. Right. And I, what I what I what I really liked about that aspect of it or that part of it, right? Like, so there's two brothers, and I don't remember anybody's name, right? And that's just how life is for me. Well, um, they're the Sampsons. They're the Sampsons, right? So they uh, they their father owns a very successful business, right? And this is uh, pre the Great Depression, right? Right. And um, uh, he's well liked by all of his employees, right? Which, uh, you know, at the time is a multiracial team, which, again, is really unique. And uh, his son, uh, the one son, the elder, no, the youngest son, right, uh, who winds up becoming uh, his superhero name is is Jupiter, right? Like, uh, Uh, what's his superhero name? He's the main protagonist of the story. I forget what his name is. You mean you mean the you mean Josh Duhamel's Josh? Yeah. Yeah, he's, the younger brother. The younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sheldon Sampson. Sheldon he Sampson. He is yeah. the he's the utopian. The utopian, yes. Which is yes. A, what a dumb great, name. I think it's fantastic for the 30s. For a 30s era era. Yeah, superhero. I mean, all things considered, like given like, you know, given, given the fact that given the, the Great Depression and right. all of this, right? Like I think the Utopian is a is an apropos superhero name That's for fair. the time. 
Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, Samson, uh, so Sheldon, and I forget his brother's name. Walter Sampson. Walter Sampson, right? right? So, yeah, so Brainwave. Yes, yes. So that is not a great name. Not a great uh, name. But, yeah, but uh, so he's the older brother. He's the more financially responsible of the two, right, let's say. And Sheldon is the more popular and well-liked, right? Yeah. So basically, you know— uh, the company's doing well. Everybody likes, uh, you know, the old man Samson and 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 Sheldon. And Sheldon's about to get married, and yada yada yada. And there's all this great stuff going on. Blum 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 blum. Um, the elder Samson, the father, makes some business decisions and is basically gambling with the retirement, right? Like the pension uh, fund. The pension fund yeah. of all yeah. of his employees. He's investing that to basically grow the business, right? right? And and in a perfect world, right, like it's going to return dividends. The company will grow. They'll be able to do continue doing great things and standing by their employees and all this, right? Unfortunately, the stock market crash of 29 happens. Right. Right. So, right. So he... You know, everything goes to shit on Black Thursday. Black Thursday is the day that the market crashed, right? Yes. And so Chester, a.k.a. the the father, goes up onto the roof of their building. And as the stock tickers are going nuts and everybody's losing their mind. And so Sheldon goes up there and follows him up there and is like, hey, what's going on? And Sheldon doesn't, they, the brothers don't, I don't know if Walter knows or not. I think that Walter finds out, but I don't think Walter knows right away that, um, you know, Chester, the father has been gambling away the pension. And so Chester throws himself off the building. Yeah. He commits suicide. He He commits suicide in front of Sheldon. Yes. Um, Very traumatic experience, like to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and one one of the things that Chester had always done was kind of sheltered Sheldon from the ugly side of this business. Right. Right. Which, again, I think plays into the name of the utopian because Sheldon kind of lived a utopian lifestyle. Right. Where it's very idealistic. Yes. It's very idealistic. And a hundred percent like American industrialist idealism, right? You know what I mean? Like the company is going to do the right thing by you, right? You support the company and the company supports you. But the reality is that um, uh, Walter and Chester have been being creative with the books, let's say. You know what I mean? Not only to, to, you know, uh, grow the business, but to a certain extent, right, to, to... Secure the family's wealth. Right. You know what I mean? Not 100%. They're not terrible people, right? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, by any means. They did squander the pension right. uh, of, of all of these employees. It was to build a new factory or whatever. You know what I mean? They thought it was a risk, you know? And, uh, uh, but, you know, again, it, you know, like Sheldon is under the impression like they would never risk that pension money. Right. There's no way they would right. ever do that because. You stand by the company, the company stands by you, and we wouldn't gamble with your money, right? But they certainly did, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, so, yep. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I mean the so the show the show plays out in a series of 
flashbacks and present day, right? So mm-hmm. there's there's present day and then there's there's flashbacks. So it starts out all these different I don't want to say dynamics, but conflicts come into play, right? So a a mortal enemy is allegedly released from like prison, although it, that's not really what happened. This guy yeah. is it Black Star, Black Star, Black Star, right? And Again, so some of these names are not that great. Black Star, great hip hop group, um, shouts the most deaf, yeah, for uh, sure. Talib Kweli, but E to the K, not necessarily a great, you know, villain. Looks, looks. This is the funny part when you say that it, there's like this parallel to Invincible. Black Star. He looks like the clones. He looks uh, like he, the clones, and 100%. he's a clone. Yes. Yes. But so so they so um, the union. I guess the union of justice. Hmm? They fight uh, this Black Star clone. They don't know it's a clone. It's uh, it is kicking the shit out of like four or five of them. It kills a and couple. Kills of them. like two of the younger members. Who yes. are friends of Sheldon, aka the Utopian son? Yes, uh, Brandon Sampson, who's who's called Paragon. Yeah. Um, right. Again, not a great name. Not a great name. Um, the conflict it's, escalates. That's that's totally like a Greek diner somewhere. Yeah. The Paragon. Welcome to the Paragon, please. Hey, welcome to the Paragon. You want some? Uh, yeah. You want some dolmas? Yeah, yeah. So during this fight, it kind of escalates and. Um, Sheldon's son finds himself in this position where, you know, they're they're losing. People have already died. His father's yes. in a bad position. His his father, Utopian's life is in danger at his, this point. Yeah, his uncle's been his uncle's beat up. His father's in in a bad. He, his so mother, he, his mother has also his, been beat up. So he yeah. like the the whole family superheroes. We'll get into that in right, a second. Of yeah. course. Yeah, so and he this like is, comes it's up. It's also modern times. So. Yeah, this is present day. This is present day. So we started in the Great Depression in the 20s, right? And now we're in present day. So just bear that in mind. Yeah, it's going to go back and forth. Yeah. So um, Paragon comes up and, like, Superman punches the head off of this clone. Yep, of Darkstar. Blackstar. Blackstar. So this, like, appalls his father. And this creates one of the... Because the superhero code of we do not kill. Right. This creates this 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 conflict that runs through the series, which is interesting and funny and unnecessary. Yes. But yeah, it is all of those things. Yeah. Yes. So so this this can you know he's appalled. He's like, I can't believe you did this. They find out it's this it's a clone. It's not even. It's not even. They're it's not like, even Black Star. It's not even the real Black Star. Right. It's not even their hated villain in in the flesh. It's a clone. Yeah. So and, the Utopian benches Paragon basically. Right. He's like, you need to sit this one out. You need to think about what you've done. Meanwhile, like public sentiment is like totally in his favor. Like, hey, yeah. Why are we fuck that dude? Fuck that dude. You know what I mean, like, yeah, that dude was gonna blow up the entire world. And like, why is, do we give a shit? That is very like. That's very indicative of the conflict between like. The kind of idealism of, you know, the early you know 1900s in this right. country. Well, exactly right. And so the we're, kind we're of, superhero, we're Superman and Batman didn't kill right their enemies, right? right? Like I mean, and that's the heroes from that time did not do that. Right. You know what I mean? 
Like and once they, you get into like the Punisher and Deadpool and right. shit like that, they're, they, they're and you get into like the present counts, day and yeah. it's like, well, you know, I'm going to do what I have to do. Right. right. Because people died. Like our right. friends died, my friend. And so this is what happens when you have like a younger, a younger hero who has friends and they die. And it's like, well, they're not able to control their emotion the way that like an adult might. Right. Might. And, so, and it, it, it comes to the paradox of do you take one life to save thousands? Right. Batman and Superman don't do that. Those 30 idealistic heroes, 30s era idealistic heroes Correct. don't do that, right? Yes. But do modern day heroes do it? Does, does it fit today's society's needs? But also the villains that those uh, heroes were facing were not necessarily genocidal in nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? So, like, there is, I mean, you know, the Joker certainly killed people even in the 30s, right? You know what I mean? But was he genocidal, right? Um, so uh, there, there's a whole new element of villain, right? And, right. you know, th- that conversation of of does that type of heroing still have a place, yeah. right? And hence why I think in all the shitty names, right, like the utopian is the most fitting for this particular story in this hero, right? Like, I think it's a good name for him. Yeah. What was what was his wife's name who's also a hero? Uh, she Lady a- Liberty. Lady Liberty, like yeah. shitty name, right? You know what I mean? But like, so this is so this is where, for me, I think this is where I I tend to have issues with the stories when we go into the flashbacks, because yeah. the flashbacks don't do enough for me to connect me to the present. So there is enough to connect me to the. The quest, right? So there's a quest, right? Sheldon you have to find this thing. Sheldon's going through an emotional time with Sheldon's, the loss of his father, and he's seeing weird shit and seeing his dead father right. and stuff like that. He's seeing his dead father with his like head splattered open. Yeah, in his, a very creepily way, yes. right? Like it's not a friendly visit. And he's like talking to him, and you know, trying to get him to do this quest. He's you know trying to do the side quest, and. Everybody else thinks he's crazy. Everybody else thinks Sheldon's lost his mind. Um, you know, there is a lot of conflict between Sheldon and his brother about Sheldon's idealism, right? His, you know, this his his idealistic view of things, and how you know Walter, who's his brother, has always been like focused on the business, trying to protect him, trying to do all this stuff. Sheldon right. doesn't listen, but Sheldon's like the popular good looking one. So everybody right. gives it, everybody cares about him. Yep. Um, and Walter is more grounded in reality. Right. You know what I mean? Sheldon so, is the face of what's going on. And Walter is the brain. of. What's it takes going a on. solid six or seven episodes until we finally figure out like, Oh, there's a quest to be had at no point during any of this. Do I really get a sense that he and Lady Liberty, Leslie Bibb is the actress. Mm. At no point do I get a feeling that there is a romantic connection between these two at any point. I don't know how they got together. It seems like it's just convenient. They're just they've got superhero bits that can be mashed together without hurting anyone, I guess. I, and I don't know, like, that's so, like, I feel like I feel like this is an interesting show, right? Because 
you and I are, are are not on exact polar opposite ends of it, but I think we're a little bit further apart than we normally are. Okay. Uh, uh, when when reviewing something, right? Like, so I I found like I found that aspect to be actually sort of interesting, right? Because there is no great love connection between these two. It is a relationship of well, we're both heroes. Nobody's going to understand who we are better than who we, but better than ourselves. Yeah. You know I mean, uh, and like, yes, I right? don't like it. Right. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Cause then, cause, because in the present day, you see the conflict between the two of them. Oh, for sure. In yeah. How they raise the, in, in how they raise in, the Paragon in their, their, and, and their daughter too. There's also a daughter that like, doesn't want to live up to the, the utopians ideals. And she's a model and she's just going out there getting fucked up. And drugged and shit, up. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, but you know, like because she's a descendant of the utopian and lady Liberty, she's super powerful too. Right. Right. And so there's, you know, this whole like other heroes and villains. And, you know, for me, I thought the story is a bit contrived at times Pacing was a little, it could actually have benefited from not being done in that Quentin Tarantino style, jumping back and forth from present to future, present to future, present to future. That's great when you have the time to tell the story, but when you're trying to rush the story, it it gets a little convoluted. But again, going back to my like, sort of like, be good at your craft, Right. right? Set design was great. I thought, uh, you know, cinematography was fantastic. Acting was really good. I I thought the acting was really good. Uh, Sheldon and Walter uh, specifically were were great. The guy who plays Blackstar, also really humorous. Oh, Tyler Uh, Maine plays Blackstar. Tyler Maine is a great, um, he's made, he's carved out one of the best niches for himself. He used to be like, a professional wrestler. I didn't even know this, so he probably didn't have an he didn't have a he didn't have a career in it. But he was a big guy and so he got mm-hmm. typecast. He was um uh he was Sabretooth in oh, the X-Men movies. Yeah, yeah, the first one, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. He was also uh Michael Myers in the remake of Halloween. Ooh, tying it back. Throwback. See how we tied a whole episode together? Yeah, right. Holy shit. So Fucking continuity it's not a, Tyler Maine is also... Pay attention to your craft, Tyler Maine is also not his name. His name is Daryl. Okay. But, you know, he took what? he took the name Tyler Maine. I don't... I assume that... I don't even know if that's a pro wrestling name, but I've never heard of it. I, but but he was fantastic. Yeah. He really... He was really great. Uh, I enjoyed him. The dude that played Paragon, really annoying, right? You know what I mean? There were some aspects of it. Uh, the dude that plays the guy that everybody thinks is the bad guy's son that winds up dating the utopian's daughter, he was also good. I liked him, um, and I and I liked Walter. And uh, so I guess we can ruin it, right? Because there's not going to be a season two. I think it really could have benefited from focusing on the story and the quest to become the superheroes, right? Yeah. And then going on to how they, uh, you know, well, I, I don't, deal with time passing. Right? I don't mind the, I don't mind the flashbacks back and forth. I don't either. I just think this story would have benefited from linear storytelling. I think the issue, the bigger issue for me was that 
there were too many characters. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, th- and, and that's one of the things where you could benefit from linear storytelling. Right. In this, in, like there's, in this there's, if you could cut the characters by like a quarter or a third, so like one of the original members, um, he was the the younger the younger man that they had to really talk into going with them. Yeah, yeah, and right, he right. ended and up he, in a wheelchair. Worked, yeah, he and he worked at he worked the, in the, uh, the in, plant. He worked in yeah. the plant. Yeah. He ended up in a wheelchair. Right. But I don't know why. Don't know why. Don't know how. He's the only one that's in a wheelchair. Really, a f- yeah, the, uh, like, they're all, like, 100-something years old. everybody else has point. aged really well. Yeah. They're all, like, except in their late 50s, except for that dude, right? So, again, that's one of those details that was probably explained better in the comic, right? But they, they rushed this into a 10-episode right. series, right? The one... Um... The one close friend, um, I guess he's the, he's the Sky Fox character. He's the blonde who yeah. was really wealthy and stuff. And he woke up every morning, yeah. and, and these people, and that, so it was like the other thing was like, I never understood how these people got by. They were all broke by yes. the stock market crash, but right. then they immediately spent all the rest of their money going on this quest to get superpowers, and here we are in the present day, and they're somehow like. <laughs> How have you scrounged up a living? Right. And where I think, is this you know, coming I, from? I think a lot of it is is based on like them being superheroes. Like, yeah, imagine having superheroes in World War II and and the US has the sole rights to those superheroes, right? right? And again, this is speculation, things that could have been extrapolated on and told better, probably again in a linear format right. as opposed to being sporadic. And uh, you know, uh, the negative side of things like they 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 focus too much on other things. The 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 character development of the daughter never got resolved, so every additional moment and and that they wasted on that was 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 developing a character that never went anywhere. Yeah, in no, my I, opinion, it never was, it never went. There was no payoff for the amount of time yeah, that we vested into that's it. That's a right, and that's a that is a that's a drawback or a result of them canceling after one season. That's a there is a redemption arc. Right. She has a redemption arc more so than the son does. She has yeah. a redemption arc that's out there. Um, well, they definitely set that up. Right. right. For sure. They definitely well, set, so, her so up they set it up redemption. to go one of two ways. Right. So 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 there is a possibility for a redemption arc, which would be great. There's right. also like a, uh, there's also the possibility of she a, could of join a, like, Walter. She could. You know what I mean, there's a, there's a possibility of like a further heel turn. Right. right, where like, and there's also, and what's interesting about Paragon is there's a, a possibility of a Paragon heel turn as well. Right, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So like, so at at, at the end of, uh, of it, right, we we learned that that the person that created the Black Star clone, who was doing all this stuff behind the books, or uh, is is Walter, is Brainwave, is Sheldon's brother, the Utopian's brother, is basically playing both sides. And what I thought was interesting, right, because we find out that Walter is the bad guy late. Really late. Really late, like the last episode, right? And he has a half-daughter, right, that basically, like, he brings in to sort of, like, he he decides he's going to go into the remnants of Blackstar's clone's brain to, like, figure out who programmed him and things like this and pin it on Sky Fox. This is basically. A, yeah, so this is a weird thing. Like, he goes in and almost dies. Right. And so we're pinning this on Sky Fox? 
That's what that was what his plan was was to pin it on Sky yeah. Fox. He went in there and he determined he saw that Sky Fox was the one that was in there controlling everything right. and yada yada right. yada. So right? like why? Yeah. So like I, I like I don't feel like this is like a setup on his part. Um, like I, no, he, this is a this is a distraction or a diversion, right? Like he's he, he brought his daughter in, right? Or they they asked because she was also a strong psychic or whatever he is, right? right? So if shit went sideways, they know that she would have the best chance of helping him. Yeah, right. He didn't want to bring her in, right? right? You, why yeah, why he, would he go to all that? I mean, that is a big diversion. But we never also we also we I also never whatever, see where Sky Fox lands. Like no, yeah, we never really know, right? So for whatever, and that that's again an, another thing that could be you know like, is Walter just going after Sky Fox because he's still pissed about shit from fucking nineteen thirty six, right? Or is there a grandmaster scheme? We don't yeah. know. But what we do know, whatever it is, Walter is dedicated enough to it to kill his own daughter. To protect well, the secret. And I so so while while it sounds like that's a dedication per se, in the in one of the final episodes where you where he has this conversation with her, where they are like in a psychic plane somewhere and then they come back and he's like stabbing her, you you get from their dialogue, you understand that like he was never too attached to her mother oh no 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 for sure and and to begin even with less so her yeah right yeah. but still there there's there's an element there right like yeah. a, a, there was a great not. there was a really great there's a really great decades-long conflict between the brothers yes uh you know about one not listening to the other and the, you know like and this may have gone on for decades right right um, and so you have this like great, so like at what point does one brother get really just fed up with the other? And so right. like, that's a really great, like, it's a really great arc to have, but I feel like, you know, to a degree we get stuck because it, you know, the show gets canceled. We right. never get to see any of this stuff resolved. And I feel like we're probably complaining about things that might have gotten resolved, might yeah, have no. gotten resolved. I, I think that's, you know, my my, my biggest disappointment were because, I you know, like, who are the aliens or whatever that bestowed these powers upon them? Right. That that thing had been sitting there for, for centuries because there were samurai, the like, you know, there I mean, was, there, there, yeah, there was there was just legions of people who tried to usurp to this power, powers. but it never, yeah, never succeeded. Right. right. Until this crew came along. Right. So there, there's a whole element there that's that was really intriguing and really interesting. The reason why I like this show and the reason I'm at like, um, like say like a seven five on it or something like that, somewhere around there would be like my rate, like okay. seven five. Yeah, you know, I mean I think that's fair. Seven six. Um, I think it's worth watching. Storytell the story is intriguing. The storytelling gets convoluted, right? But the story itself is is intriguing, right? Um, the the characters, some are underdeveloped some are overdeveloped and who knows what that overdevelopment was for right who knows what the underdevelopment was for right we could have gotten more with it or yeah. you know what i mean like it was it, the legs were cut out what i really enjoyed again was the acting i thought everybody with the exception of maybe paragon but paragon even paragon if i was to only complain about that performance or the daughter's performance right those are small complaints like yeah, but she, I, mean, I like, mean she did a really good job of being a 
moody, drug addicted brat. Yes, for sure. Right? Like for she sure. did a really, she had a lot more range of emotion yes. than the brother did. He then was basically, yeah. all right, I punch this guy's head off and now I'm brooding. Yes. Yep. And that's really yeah. it. And then later on, when I fight the real black star, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to almost knock his head off again, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and the the other problem that I had was uh, the the utopian himself, right? In the heyday, the utopian is a very passionate guy, right? Like yeah. about his beliefs, he's very active. By the time we get to the future, and I'm sure years and and you know decades and decades and decades oh, yeah. and decades and decades are going to do that type of person. He is such a brooding fuck at this point. He well, is a completely different character than the character that we meet. But yeah, I mean, but, but you know, I appreciate that because, you know, remember, this is that, and, and you, you know, we've talked about this and, and, and your disdain for, like, the Superman archetype, right? Yeah, that right. That Boy right. Scouty Superman archetype. Yes. This is that. And, you know, in the 30s, there's a great passion. In the aughts, yeah, yeah, for it's sure, it's very diluted now, right? Because yeah. because and the he times has all of society turning against him, everything as well. has yeah. changed, and so yeah. he's had to suffer through this time changing. And you know, you don't even know, like <coughs> America has these, America has these superheroes. What 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 could we have done? What what could have America right. done in the sixties, the seventies, in in all sure. these conflicts? Whatever right. you don't know what this guy's been up to. So like right. I can understand why he would be brooding at how society is passing him by and becoming less righteous. Right, sure. I get that. Yeah. Like I get no. that. A hundred percent. And there is an element there, right? Like, yeah. again, this is nitpicking shit for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. The main issue is, I again, I think it benefits from linear storytelling instead of, you know, this sort of jumping around the, t- the time paradox thing. Um, and, and, you know, having more of a singular focus to tell a shorter story yeah. in a more detailed way, right? Uh, but again, I thought the overall story uh, was great. I, you know, I put it probably slightly yeah, not as good as Invincible. Right. But, it, yeah, I mean, not as not, nowhere in the same level as something like The Boys or something like that, which is just fucking fantastic. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it's, I... it's good. It's worth a watch. It's unfortunate that we won't get to see a season two. Um, but it's, you know, if you got nothing else to watch, it's worth watching. I, I think that. I I, dis- I I disagree about the t- the the like the the timing right the bouncing back and forth I think it's necessary, right? The, my issue is that they there are too many characters, and so and I think that this may be uh, you know a side effect of them expecting to have a second season, but there are too many characters, so there's not enough development of the characters that are most important to the story, so they lose a lot of time and a lot of build. For these characters, I think that is necessary to go back and forth so that you can see the, you know, the heartache, the quest, the idealism. And then you see in the present day how that's worn him down and how he realizes he has to hand all this to his son and maybe but probably not his daughter who are now products of the present day. So. You know, I think that, I think there was a, there's an element that could be both, right? Like sure. I think they should have spent the first couple of episodes doing the quest, right? Chester dies, 
right? Shit happens. Shit goes sides away. He puts his crew together. They get to the thing, right? And then fucking fast forward to the future. Yeah. And now as you're doing character development, you bounce back. Yeah, you if get you don't, to learn more. You if, know what I mean? If you don't have a commitment to multiple seasons, then you really need to constrain what you put out in one season so yes. that you can get your point across, not overdo it. Right. And then not get canceled before you get into the things that you really need to get into to right. explain away what you've been overwhelming us with in the first season. So yeah. I think that's, you know, that's the fault of, you know, whomever was, you know, I, I don't know who the I'm not sure who was producing this or. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know who the showrunners are. Right? Like, so unless the unless the goal was to figure out who fucking program Black Star clone. Right. Right. Nothing gets resolved no. at the end of this season, which is disappointing, no. right? Like the story does not resolve in any way. It 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 right. it, it leaves on a complete and total hangover yeah. with and with with not even really a direction as to where the story is going to go, where the next step is. Yeah. Which is fine if you're guaranteed season two and you're going to show me that next step. But now, like you're left to speculation. Yeah, I think that there's some uh, miscalculations on the part of the producers and the showrunners to, you know, like expect that they were just going to get a second second season when they didn't. And so a lot, you know, they tried to leave it on a kind of a cliffhanger where now I have a antagonist for the second season in the brothers fighting amongst each other. But it didn't. Yeah, happen. right, right. Which would have been great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it didn't happen. So it's disappointing. And then we're never going to see, you know, we're, we're, we're never going to see where this whole thing goes. Um, so, you know, I don't want to rag all over it. I mean, I think that it was. I think that it's great for. A show, right? Like a season, right? If you want to watch a season, you are into superhero stuff, but you're also into kind of like these varying period pieces where it goes back and forth. This is a, this is a pretty decent show, right? Um, right. You know, you're gonna get you're gonna get some good things out of the season. It's just that they got canceled before they could really get into anything better. Yeah, which is a, a, a complete and total possibility. Yeah. So I give it a six. Um, you know, it could have been better. It could have been worse. I mean, I don't know how it could have been worse, but it could have been better. Um, you know, I think if they would have if, if they would have known their limitations in the show running, they would have produced a better, tighter show, and we would have cut some of these characters out, and things would have been you know a lot cleaner. But as it stands, you know, six out of ten. I'm, uh, you know, I, I think it's worth watching if you're into like hero stuff and you kind of need something to kind of pass some time. Um, it's not a, you know, it's not a horribly long series to watch. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's entertaining enough. Exactly. Uh, with that said, I think that is about all the time we have this week. As always, thanks for dropping out, uh, dropping out, dropping by, hanging out. Don't drop out. Stay in school, kids. I'm fucking telling you. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, thanks for <laughs> hanging out. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, again, I am Andy Liascos for Mr. Patrick Banis. I just want to remind you guys, if you ever meet a six-year-old child with like blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes like the devil's eyes, you just run. I brought it back to Halloween again. I brought it back because that was Dr. Loomis right there talking about Michael right there when he was treating him.
Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Make him try. 